But what makes you happy? Does money make you happy? A money, I've never seen a frowny face with a person on a jet ski, right? Money could make you happy. Time with friends and family, does that make you happy? I'm sure that might make you happy. Restaurants, food, does that make you happy? Makes me happy. There's lots of things in this world that make us happy. Over the last, uh, since, since I got back from Turkey and Greece in, in uh, May, I've been doing lessons about Paul's missionary journey, and I did lessons on the seven, seven churches of Revelation, and traveling makes me happy. Seeing things, uh, especially things about God and God's people and all that, that makes me happy, and when I'm happy about something, I want to tell others about it. So today we come to the end of, uh, of our series where we go on Paul's missionary journey. I didn't get to go to Rome, but I guess if y'all want to give me a couple more weeks off, we can go to Rome and I can come back and talk about uh, his experience there, right? But I get to tell you about all the incredible things I saw. That made me happy. And when we're happy about something, we want to tell others about it. Today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 138. And in this lesson, that's a, that's a uh, psalm or a song from King David. And he wants to sing about what he's happy about. He wants to sing out to the Lord because David puts his happiness in the faithfulness and love of our God. And so Psalm chapter 138, verse 1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple, and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly strengthened me. Paul found his happiness. He found his praise in our God. He found all of his happiness and joy and praise in the Lord our God and his faithfulness and his love to us. And he says, I'm going to sing this out to you. As I told you, I, was, uh, I love going on trips. I, love, I, I, I enjoy that. This trip, especially because it meant so much, go back uh, and, and you see, uh, sometimes I would take pictures of myself. I didn't show too many pictures of me at, uh, at the places, but I would smile. And in, in one of these pictures, you see me smiling. And, and someone on the trip with me told me, you have some fake smiles in those pictures. <laughs> and so this one, I am doing a, uh, I said, what about this? Does, this? does this look real? And so here you go, me singing. I'm in Corinth at this time. And it's beautiful. And I really was. I, whether I would have a fake smile or, or not on my face, it, I was singing these praises of getting to see God's wonderful creation. But David sings praises about what God does for him. David sings praises about God's faithfulness to him. And not only does he sing praises to him about his faithfulness, he says everyone should be praising God. Everyone should be singing God's praises 
That's why he says in verse 4, May the kings of earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you've decreed. May they sing the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. So not only does David say he sings praises to God, he looks out and says everyone should sing praises to God. The kings of this earth should sing praises to God. All of us should be praising God for God's faithfulness and God's love. But how often? How often do we sing praises to God? If we said the kings of the world, like David said, there should be singing praise to God, how often do the kings of this world, do the rulers of this earth, praise our God? Sing praises for God. I don't know if I hear too often on the news seeing a ruler of this world just singing praises to God. <clears throat> but then I can look deep inside myself and how often am I doing that? You see, one of the problems is sometimes we don't praise God the way we should. Sometimes we aren't singing praises to God. Why? Because we go through struggles. And when we're going through struggles, when we're going through pain, like Ken was talking about during the Lord's Supper, when we go through pain, it's hard to sing out praises, right? It's hard to have a smile on our face when we're going through pain. One of the things that I used to love doing, used to, was skiing. And that's one of the things that my family likes to do together. We like to go on, on a ski trip, and this is back in 2020. We went skiing in Colorado, and everything was okay, and I was I was going down the, the mountain, and all of a sudden this kid, little kid, gets in front of me, and, and I know I'm going to crunch this kid if, if, I, if I run into him, so I decided to turn uphill, and as I do that, I fall flat on my face. Actually, I fell on my, on my shoulder. And I fell so hard that I wear this ski bib and it like, looked like overalls and, and the ski bib just ripped apart and hit the ground so hard. And then I finally get up and my ski bib's tattered, my shoulder is very sore, and now I just want to get down the mountain. And I try to go down the mountain and I go, and I end up going to uh, the left when I probably should have gone to the right and I go and I see there's another ski lift and I try to look up on a way to go down but there's no way down you had to go back up and so I'm going up the mountain and it doesn't just take me up it takes me to the very top of the mountain and I'm already hurting and I'm already angry about what happened and I don't feel good and I realize I do not like skiing and so I'm going down the mountain <laughs> I just want to get to the bottom. I just want to be done with it all. Finally, I get to the bottom, and I said, I'm done skiing. <laughs> Not today. Forever. I'm done. I don't like it. But the family likes it. They wanted to stay skiing. That's fine. And so I went, and I grabbed a cup of coffee, and I, I sat, and I watched all the skiers. As they were doing it, and I watched people go swish, 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 all down. And they all looked like they were happy. Everyone looks like they're happy just going down the mountain. And I started thinking to myself, I bet from this distance I probably looked happy too. I wasn't. I was hating it. 
Now one enemy down. From a distance, happiness and joy look like the same thing, right? I don't know what was going on in the lives of those spirits that are going down the mountain. I know what was going on in my life. And it's probably had a lot more to do with how, what's going on in their life more than just the, the physical pain they're feeling at the time going down the mountain, but all sorts of things going on in their life. You see, happiness is when everything is going right in what you're doing. you got a smile on your face. But that happiness is instantly crushed when you fall down, when something hurts. Now, joy, on the other hand, joy is the fact that even though I, I didn't like skiing, I was happy to be with my family and taking a trip with my family and enjoying my time with my family because joy is something that is eternal. No matter what the circumstances, you can still have joy. Even when you don't have the smile on your face for happiness. See, we've been talking about Paul and the struggles that Paul had in, in the city of Philippi, and the struggles he had in Berea, and the struggles he had in Thessalonica, and all these struggles that he's had. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about Paul sitting in prison, and he was singing praises to God. Because he, like David, understood that even though they were in, he was in times of trouble, he could still sing praises to God. David says... Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. So do not abandon the works of your hands. David sings out praise to God in the midst of trouble, and that's what Paul does. Paul is able to sing to God in the midst of trouble. That's why he was able to sing in prison. But then he's left Philippi because he got rushed off. And now he goes to a place called Corinth. And Corinth is an incredible place. If you saw earlier, Corinth, you saw that, that uh, go, go back a couple of slides. Um, see, right there, you see that, that big, that big uh, canal? That was dug in between uh, the Sea of Corinth and the Aegean Sea. Okay, Corinth has, it's not just one port city, it's a two port city. Matter of fact, before they dug that canal, they used to just drag the boats across where that canal is. So Corinth was a bustling town. It's a beautiful town. If you look around, you see, you see the seas on both sides of, of the city, these mountains, all sorts of beautiful things in Corinth. And I think Paul was happy to be there when Paul was ready to spread the gospel there. And so we go to... Acts chapter 18, verse 1. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them because he was a tent maker as they were. He stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes, 
In protest, he said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. In so many cases, Paul is singing the praise to God when he's having tough times. But in this case, you see that Paul is like us. Paul struggles like us. And Paul was dealing with something difficult like us. And at that time, he says, I'm done with it. Now, he shook his clothes off and he says, I'm done with you people. I'm going to go to someone else. I'm throwing in the towel with you. Matter of fact, Paul very briefly would stay in these cities and he was probably ready just to move on to his next place. Paul was going through troubles in his life and he was ready to throw in the towel, at least there. He wasn't ready to give up on God fully, but he was done. So God, realizing that, wants Paul to know. And I think he wants us to know. God's with you. God wants you to continue on in this mission. Continue on in this journey. And it says in verse 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. The Lord says, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you. Because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half. Teaching them the word of God. Paul was frustrated. He was frustrated about the troubles that he faces. And just like we get frustrated, Paul was frustrated. He was ready to be done. But God says, keep on preaching. Keep on speaking. Keep on teaching. This last uh, couple of years, we've been trying to reach out to our neighborhood. We had all sorts of different things happen. We had rainstorms that stopped things. And, and maybe we look at and, and have these campaigns and hope that people will come and hope that we can invite people and, and Sometimes we see a little bit of progress, and sometimes we wonder, you know, are we are we doing enough, and and are we getting the message out? And sometimes it's hard to, to be heartbreaking, wondering, all right, what is God's plan for us here in this neighborhood? How can we reach more folks? I think the answer is what Paul is told by the Lord. Don't be silent. Keep on preaching. Keep on going out. Keep on teaching. Because I have people here. God's going to be with us. And that's one of the things that God, one of the things that God does is God sends Paul people that are very similar to him. You see, the, this is the introduction of Aquila and Priscilla. What have they done? They've done kind of the same thing that Paul does. They have the same, they have the same job that Paul has, and they both are tent workers, and they get to work together. And I'm sure Paul teaches them about who Jesus is, and they accept the, the, the gospel, and, and they give their lives to Christ, right? They understand what it's like to be kicked out of the city. They were kicked out of Rome by the emperor. They understand this and they group together. And during hard times, you see what Paul does. Paul gets with the church, his brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what helps him get through it. And when he does that, he develops a little bit of hope. A hope for something better. Like you talked about in the, in, 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 in the community talk, a hope for something eternal. So you don't dwell on the pains of this world because we've been cured of our spiritual pains, right? 
In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love how Paul says this. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. What does Paul say? He's saying we have a God that gives us hope. What's so great about hope? You students, y'all started school uh, this this past week or or last week, and I know when you sat in your class, you were wondering, I hope I'm going to pass this class. I hope this class is going to be easy. I hope I'm going to do good this year. You know, those of us that remember young love, maybe you you think, I hope this person likes me or. I hope this or that. Maybe you're looking for a job this, this uh, past month and you're saying, I hope I get this job or that job. Hope is a great thing. Hope is something that, that, that we have out there that we want because the opposite is no hope. One of the things that I think is so scary for those that don't believe in God, those that don't put their faith in God, is they have no hope. Maybe you go to class and you know there's no hope of me passing this class. There's no hope of me ever finding love. There's no hope of me ever getting a job. It's not something we want. This is a God of hope. And when we have hope, we get two things. We get joy and we get peace. What is joy? Joy is the anticipation of seeing our hope revealed. One of the things that Paul gives us is, is he, he lets us, we have, this, we have this joy that one day Christ will return. One day we're going to be with him. One day God is going to take us and we will be with him forever in eternity. This is joy that we have. We can attain this. And what's peace? Peace is the assurance that God will fulfill our hope. That we don't just sit there and, 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 and think maybe God will come or maybe he won't, but it's a certainty that God will come through here. That when we lose loved ones, we will get to be with them again, again for eternity. Why? We have a hope in Jesus Christ. And that hope gives us peace. And if we have peace in our life, and we have joy in our life, I think we can have a smile on our face. And we can live happy lives because we know we have a God of joy and peace. So how do we have this joy? Well, Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verse 9, as he's about to go away, he wants his apostles to know that they can have joy in their life. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. So what does Jesus tell his apostles before he goes? If you want to have joy in this life, follow my commands. And what are his commands? Go to church three times a week. Say your prayers when you wake up at every meal and when you go to sleep. Read your Bible five times a day. No, read once a day, five chapters a day, five times a day. He didn't say all that. All those, those things are great. Those things actually would help your life quite a bit. The church will help you out. Following God will help you out. Growing close to God will help you out. But what he is saying is, if you want to remain in my love, follow my commands. And what are his commands? 
It's actually pretty simple. It says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Seems simple enough that God says, if you want joy, if you want your joy to be complete, love other people like I love you. Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, how much did God love each other? How much did he love other people? In Psalm 138, it says, Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly, but he keeps distance from the proud. So the Lord has always looked kindly on those who are, who are low. Kindly on those that are having struggles. And Jesus Christ left the splendor of heaven to do what? Die for us. To give his life for us. And he says, this is how we should treat others. We should treat others with kindness, compassion, and love. And this is how Paul tells us to live our lives. In Ephesians 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. What is he saying? If you want to love others, it's going to take patience. It's going to take gentleness. And it's going to take kindness. But if we can do those things like Jesus did, Sometimes even when people hurt us, even when people we, when we struggle with people that maybe annoy us, we're going to have a life filled with joy because we're going to love others like Jesus loved. And what it does is it takes us to stop focusing on ourselves and the problems that we're going through, the pain that we're going through, but now we're going to focus on how I can be kind, compassionate, gentle, and forgiving to others. It allows us to live how Jesus lived. It allows us to be where Jesus was. Loving and kind to others. You want a life of complete joy? You want your joy to be complete? Follow Jesus' command. Love others. What does David say when we do that? When we, when we follow the Lord's decrees? It says the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O oh Lord, endures forever. We might have struggles in this world, but we can still have joy because we have a faithful God whose love endures forever. If you want that joy in your life, if you want to live a life with complete joy, no matter what your circumstance, remain in God's love. Remain in the love of Jesus. Show compassion to others. You can be part of God's family by being baptized into Jesus Christ, being raised into his resurrection. You can have his love in you and your joy can be complete. Or if you just need help going through these struggles, just like Paul did, allow us as your church family to help you. Whatever you need, please come. Please stand.